There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm an award-winning blogger, YouTuber, life coach, badass entrepreneur, manifester, and author. My mission is to awaken and to inspire women to live their best lives now and to find their purpose in life. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and to start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast episodes. Today I'm really excited to have Alexandra Wenman with us. So Alexandra acts as a cosmic compass, light bringer, activator, alchemist, channel and seer. Alexandra facilitates deep healing and transformation by connecting you with your higher self and light guides, giving you access to your soul records and past lives, inspiring you to discover your inner magic and lovingly guiding you to a deeper understanding of who you really are. A trust author, speaker, healer, poet and presenter, Alexandra has become a go-to expert and wise woman in a world that is waking up quicker than ever before. So thank you so much Alexandra for being here today. Oh thank you so much for having me Emma, it's a real pleasure to be with you spiritual queen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited for all we're going to discuss today because I actually haven't covered this on the podcast before so fingers crossed lots of people are going to be interested to hear you know what your takes are on Dark Knight of the Souls uh, and you know get your input on you know why this happens and why we all go through this. So what my first question which I ask everybody on the podcast is when did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? My story, it's quite a long one, but I won't go too much into it. But basically, I, I, uh, I came in quite open. I died at birth. My parents were told that I was going to be a stillborn and I had to be uh, high forceped out of my mother. We both nearly died and I had to be resuscitated by <laughs> a doctor that was actually my dad's best friend, who is now my godfather. It's like a, quite a lovely story. Um, but because of that, I think because I had that near-death experience at birth, I came in very, very open. So as a child, I would see faces peering at me in the dark. I could always see beyond the physical. And I just thought everybody could. I just thought it was normal. And I had all sorts of incredible experiences. I could telepathically communicate with animals. Um, I could see angels. I could see spirit. I could see uh, tree spirits, nature spirits, uh, all kinds of amazing things. And 
I guess gradually, you know, I was sent to Catholic school and I guess gradually you are trained out of it or you're, you're kind of shut down and put into the school system and they sort of get you to just rote learn everything and be a bit of a robot, <laughs> you know, that story. Um, but when I, uh, when I hit 14, it was like, uh, I always had like these seven year uh, major cycles. And so at seven, that's when your personality kind of gets embedded and your personality is shaped. And I remember at 14, I had another big shift and I sort of was sitting in my bedroom one day and I was thinking, oh, it would be really cool to be psychic to, so I could pass all my exams and know what people were thinking. And I don't even know where that thought came from. But I remember the whole room seemed to fill with uh, beings, like people. And I couldn't see them, but I could feel them. And it was like, I knew I was related to them. It kind of felt like all my ancestors were coming in. It was a really strange feeling. And I sort of freaked out because it was like I was being called. It was like they came in and went, right, it's time. We're going to start talking to you now. <laughs> and I just went, uh, no, uh, this isn't happening. And I freaked out and I said, go away. I'm, I, I don't want to see dead people. Um, and I couldn't see them, but I felt like if I wanted to, I could, and they would show themselves. So I sent them away. And then another seven years went by and about the age of 21, I had a massive awakening. I moved from Australia where I grew up to London and I, uh, I went through the topic that we're talking about. I went through what can only be described as a dark night of the soul. And, you know, my life when I was growing up was very idyllic. I grew up in a beautiful town called Coffs Harbour on the East coast of Australia. My parents had plenty of money. My dad was a doctor. Um, my mum had her own business. We had, we went to the beach nearly every day. We had a big house, you know, everything was there. Um, and on paper, my life looked very, very blessed. But what people didn't see below the surface was that, you know, I struggled a lot with my emotions. I was bullied at school. Um, Catholic, uh, the Catholic uh, church makes you feel very, very guilty and very, very shameful, especially around being a woman. So opportunities weren't there. And also I was hit at home as a child. I we were, my mother was very strict we were hit with a wooden spoon. So it was all very difficult, but I used to be this very kind of happy class clown, you know, keep everything light, keep a smile on my face, behave, behave, be good. You know, the very good girl just to avoid conflict, I think. And when I got to London, my whole life fell apart. I'd been working as a journalist for a magazine in Australia called Who Weekly. And when I got to London, I couldn't kind of pursue my career. So I couldn't work in magazines. I had to get a, a terrible job stamping holiday forms, like doing a data entry. And it was cold, it was dark. And what I didn't realize at the time was that I was going through uh, what you might call an awakening. And so my sensitivity had really, really heightened. I felt very frightened and very vulnerable the minute I set foot in London. What I didn't realize was that I had had history here and I've since remembered and recalled uh, a very dark past life where I was actually murdered and it was around the St. Paul's area and I was staying in a hostel in St. Paul's when all this happened. But subsequently what started to happen was my life felt like it was unraveling and I couldn't seem to hold anything together. <clears throat> I couldn't make friends. I found it, you know, I've always found it really easy to make friends, but it wasn't working. My old sort of, I was always a natural manifester that stopped working and hit the skids and you know i wasn't my career hit the skids everything sort of stopped i was in a relationship where the guy was quite uh, emotionally manipulative a uh, bit of a gaslighter and quite emotionally abusive 
So my self-esteem just went down the drain very quickly. I remember sitting in my bedroom in this awful little flat with this bed that kind of had terrible springs in it and floorboards that weren't stuck down properly. It was like this real like riches to rags story, like the opposite was hilarious. And I was sitting in this room just feeling really depressed and I'd been having panic attacks and things and thinking, how do I get out of this? And I knew I couldn't move back to Australia and now I know why, but I couldn't describe it then. I wouldn't, I couldn't have known like why I was meant to be here, but I knew that I couldn't turn around and go home. I had something to do here. And this one night I was sitting in my bed and I had a, a, a vision and, a, and a, a visitation from my great grandmother who I had seen sort of two weeks before I left for London. And I knew at that point that I was never going to see her again. I was very close to her. She would have been about 99 and she passed just after I moved to London. And it was probably about six months later, six months of all this depression and anxiety that I was sitting up in my bed one night, just kind of crying and feeling really blue. And all of a sudden I felt all this love flood through my body and I, and I could feel her with me. And she came in and she gave me the image of a rose, a red rose. And I started drawing and I painted this beautiful red rose, but she was all around me and I could feel her. And I, I now know that was my kind of first major awakening into mediumship and channeling. And from then on, she's been with me. My great grandmother has been all around me. And it sort of led me, you know, I went deeper into this dark night of the soul and it lasted many, many, many years. And I, I want to describe to people a little bit about how I, how I see a dark night of the soul. I think that was one of your questions. Um, a dark night of the soul is something not everyone goes through, but it is part of a, a, an awakening process, a spiritual awakening process that many, many people go through, especially if you're a light worker, an old soul, what you might call a star seed or an angelic soul. And it's part of what we call the ascension or the quickening. And what starts to happen is that things that have been hidden below the surface of your consciousness, so old programs, trapped emotions, uh, belief systems and things, they start to surface because literally there's more light coming into our planet at the moment. So what is hidden is coming to light. We're seeing it on a global scale, but we're also seeing it personally. And a dark night of the soul is really where all the, the, the stuff that is hidden in your shadow side that has been buried, anxieties and pain and anything you haven't dealt with, also good things like gifts will start to surface, but the dark night of the soul is really going into the shadow, being forced to face your shadow side and the parts of yourself that you might feel afraid to face. So for example, if we talk just on really, really simple terms, every human being operates as a feeling being, we are sentient beings and we have emotion and we navigate this world first and foremost through our feeling awareness and through our emotions. And most humans are trained to squash their lower emotions or what we would judge as our lower emotions. So we're not allowed to feel jealousy. We're not allowed to feel sad. We're not allowed to feel angry, especially women, like women allowed to feel anger through our society in, in our history is, you know, not allowed, not allowed, be a good girl, you know, behave. And men haven't been allowed to feel sad or show their, their tears. So we've sort of been trained or we've trained ourselves to squash all of this, but in an awakening, you can't hide from it anymore. So you might, you know, your life might look good as mine did, but all the emotions will start rushing up to the surface. 
And then that kind of affects your vibration. So the life around you that you've carefully constructed can start to unravel. Now, I went through another one of these dark nights of the soul. Um, I sort of went through a whole awakening process. I started reconnecting to the guides and I started developing spiritually. And I, got, I managed to pull myself through some ups and downs over the next sort of seven years. And life would kind of get good for a minute, but then it was still hard. It was a very hard time. Around the age of 28, seven years later, I, I went through something that you would call in astrological terms, your Saturn return. And many people between sort of 28 and 32 will go through this process as well. So I went through another dark night of the soul during my Saturn return where everything just halted. My life stopped. I lost my job. I got made redundant. Um, and I did get a payout, but it sort of went into the debt that I'd, that I'd managed to rack up just trying to survive and live in London and, you know, have some sort of semblance of a life. But around this time, I started to explore and I went through a big breakup as well, a real heartbreaking breakup. And it was like everything just kind of got pulled away from me. And I was flying blind or kind of trying to find my feet. It's a little bit like treading water. And I thought, right, I'm listening this time. I, I'm, I've been looking for love outside of myself and I've been looking for approval outside of myself, but actually I need to learn to love myself. And that became a huge step into another huge, big uh, aspect of my spiritual awakening, which was really to devote myself to me and self-love. And so I started exploring and, you know, I went back to uh, the angels. That's where it kind of started. And a lot of people might be you know, wondering about angels or thinking, you know, do they exist? But I'm here to tell you they do. Uh, but I am also here to tell you that they are part of you. They're part of basically the fabric of our reality. So it's, a, it's the, the divine aspect, the divine energy that permeates our whole universe. And from where we sit in this sort of 3D physical world perspective, when you invoke an angel, you can call on an angel, it will come in and sort of help you feel better and, and assist you as a being of light. But actually, from the higher perspective, they are part of us. They exist within us and the energy of an angel. If you invoke an angel, you're invoking the angelic aspect of yourself. And really, what I'm here to teach people is how to be more deeply loving and compassionate towards yourself, to understand and accept and embrace your own inner angelic aspect so that you can be devoted to your life. You, you know, every aspect of our life is sacred and beautiful um, and I believe that we're all divine, you know, at our core level and we're all built on love. So we need to stop giving ourselves such a hard time. But I think that's what the dark night of the soul is also here to show us, you know, in showing us our shadow, it's inviting us to love ourselves more deeply and really to align with what lights us up, with what makes our heart sing, with what make, will bring us joy and happiness, start cutting ourselves some slack and really understand that we deserve joy. We deserve abundance. We deserve to live a life of grace and peace and, um, and happiness. So I think this is happening globally, but it's happening within a lot of people individually. Usually you'll find that if you have a big mission here, or if you're a part of this ascension process, or you're a light worker, or you're indeed like a, a higher vibrational soul, you might experience a dark night of the soul as like the rug coming out from under you. It's like the tower card in the tarot. Everything just collapses around you. And that's how it's been for me. That's kind of how, unfortunately for me, how my life seems to go. I'll have like these big rug pulling moments, but then I'm catapulted into the next level. But, you know, I think I'm a bit of a spiritual warrior. I don't think that, um, 
I never shy away from it. And I've got this innate curiosity that just kind of keeps taking me forward. So yeah, that's basically my, in a roundabout way, experience of the dark night of the soul. Well, it's really interesting, your story. And I can relate to a lot of it as well. Like I definitely had a dark night of the soul when I first spiritually awakened four years ago, I was like heavily depressed and I definitely had that rug pull moment. And then two years ago I had it again and I the rug was pulled again and I thought oh my god okay like this is like another awakening in itself so I think sometimes people think there's just like that one awakening but I feel like there's like multiple awakenings we go through in different like stages of our lives so why you know I'm just interested as well and I'm sure other people are as well why is it only like certain people have a dark night of the soul like what what's the explanation for that do you think I think I believe that before we come in we choose our path at a soul level, we choose what we're going to go through. And I, 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 from what I've experienced, most people that go through very deep, dark nights of the soul, um, they usually have uh, a purpose for that. You know, they have a, they have a big mission that they need to rapidly awaken to understand. And it's a little bit like, um, well, my guides are showing me this, the, the image of a, a piece of stone being chiseled into a beautiful sculpture right? It's like all the, all the stuff that we've built up around us needs to come away so that we can be the highest and best version of ourselves. And, you know, looking back over my, I mean, I've had multiple, multiple, like you, Emma, like multiple dark nights of the soul. And I think it is about getting comfortable with it. It's about surrender. It's about surrendering over to who you are and what you're meant to be doing. I always say to people, get really comfortable with the unknown. We can't know everything. We, we might desperately want to know everything. Um, and also I know that you talk a lot about manifestation and I think this is an important point. You know, when you first start to spiritually awaken, manifestation becomes a key tool to move you forward. But sometimes in, you know, dark nights of the soul, your manifesting abilities will just hit the, hit the absolute skids and stop and you won't be able to move. And that's when you really have to give yourself over to grace and allow yourself to just unravel a bit until you find that inner gift that's going to come and surface. It's very hard. I, I also call it the wilderness zone and it gets harder as you go along. It's almost like an initiation, a test to see if you will stay the course, to see if you will stay on your path, keep loving yourself, keep believing in yourself. Now I see this world and this universe a little bit like the matrix. It's a bit like that movie. And, and I find that the, the, a way that is quite easy to think of it is, see it as like a game see it as like almost like a computer game with different levels and and barriers and um, walls that you have to get through so this is part of the multiple awakenings like you might have to get through one specific process like it might be an inner core pattern say like you know you've got an inner core pattern of um, attracting a certain type of guy in your love relationships and you don't know why that's coming into your life why you're attracting that over and over again and it's like the same thing happens and then you get your heart broken until you go in and look at that core pattern and the wound and why you've attracted that in and deal with the emotions by looking and feeling letting yourself feel the emotions you're not going to move through that pattern the only way out is in so if we look at our outer life and we focus on everything that's going wrong you know we can go oh wow you know this is awful and I'm, i feel like a victim here but if you take control and you go inside and you go, right, like attracts like, something within me is magnetizing this experience. I need to go in and find out what programs I've got running. Think about what your core beliefs are. Think about 
what your core core feelings are showing you and really lean into the emotions we get so afraid of feeling negative emotions like nobody wants to admit that they feel jealousy or shame or or anger or bitterness or resentment but we all have these emotions we have a vast spectrum of human emotion and the multiple awakenings is sort of like a deepening into that it's like you know you get you'll go through one bit and then you'll come out and you'll be have a bit of respite and you'll change one core pattern and then you might have something else that comes up in its place once you're on the awakening path it's a bit like i don't think you can ever get off it right and i often do i often do warn people i'm like you know if you really want to spiritually awaken and you're really dedicated to it you know it, it, it it's something that is probably the most difficult thing a human being can go through but it's also the most rewarding and I do believe that at a certain point you will lift out of the of these this pattern of um, you know looking into the shadow and everything and you start to come more back out into the light a lot of us are going through this kind of digging down into our foundations in order to catapult ourselves and our soul higher and further along that soul path into more light it's like there are certain souls here that have really signed up to help raise the vibration of the whole planet. And they're the people I think that are going through the most deep, dark, difficult times because we're not just doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for the collective as well through our own journey and our own pattern. And there's all these different sort of networks of souls that I get shown like different people working at different levels. So you have like your warrior souls, a little bit like Greta Thunberg and um, Malala who are like these warriors going out and standing up and saying no, you know, really publicly. And then you've got like the, the angelics and people doing work behind the scenes, you know, like I know like me, <laughs> the stuff that I do publicly in my work is one aspect of my work, but I also do a lot of work for the planet. And it's just on my own time, in my own way, I get shown, I get guided around the planet to different sacred sites where I have a, um, a beautiful healing system called Precious Wisdom Alchemy. And, I, and it's for people, but it's also for the land and for the planet. So I do a lot of grid work. I end up in like places like I've been to Egypt a few times. I've been to Mexico, Peru, Bali, like all these places. And I don't even know why I'm going. I'll dream about the place. I probably, at, at times, I don't even have the money to get there, but somehow I miraculously end up getting a flight and getting the money to take me there. I mean, last year, my husband won a 2,000 pound voucher at work for Virgin Holidays, and he gave it to me. And I was dreaming about uh, Jaipur in India um, for months and months and months. Um, and then I uh, and then I got given this voucher and he went, go on, you go and enjoy it. And I ended up on this all expenses paid golden triangle tour of India, standing in Jaipur on the top of this palace and having a past life memory of being there and being asked to open this beautiful um, space, like reopen. It's like I'm reopening the temples. I'm being asked to reopen the sacred spaces. And I'm not the only one doing this. There are many, many light workers and uh, grid workers on the planet who get guided to different places. You might not even have any logical kind of conscious work to do there. Just the act of being in that place, you might get a feeling that you've been there before or that you know that you're there. Um, and I very much work with these people. Like I'm, I'm very, my work is very much geared towards people on a, an awakened path who are dedicated to just knowing everything about the makings of this universe. So it's quite an interesting thing, but the multiple awakenings is like, you know, it, it's just a deepening of 
getting to know yourself as a soul. I think the multiple awakenings also is like, you know, if you're on a path of enlightenment, which many. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com people are you just got to keep at it you've just got to keep going and you'll you'll plateau and then you'll hit another challenge and you just keep moving through it so brilliant and it's it's really interesting like all of what you're saying to like feel guided to places I'm like yes and then the multiple awakenings I'm like oh my god yes (laughs) like it's it's just great when you I guess because like for myself when I had that second awakening a couple of years ago I know for myself it's because I really had to learn surrender like divine surrender and divine trust and that's something I because I always used to manifest in my masculine energy and felt very comfortable in my masculine energy it was really that cool to go into that divine feminine energy go into that shadow work go into the real depths of my soul and like learn that yes I was you know a manifesting queen a spiritual queen but equally I had to learn surrender in that moment so you're right like my manifesting was put on hold and I was like you know it's not that I was trying to manifest things I naturally didn't want to manifest things as well I was like right now this is like the healing space this is like my season where I'm kind of going within I'm doing that inner work um and you know at the right time that other season that summer season that masculine season will come again where you know I will feel naturally drawn to manifesting but it's really interesting and I think you know for anybody going through it like definitely there will be that core lesson there mine was really trusting like I'm a Virgo so it's in my DNA (laughs) to control and be like I know the outcomes I know what's going to happen in my life and really that journey was to like truly go into the feminine truly trust truly surrender and it was like the best thing that ever happened to me definitely didn't feel like it at the time it felt like oh my god why is this all happening again but definitely for me like I'm so grateful I've I've gone through these multiple awakenings because each time I do I feel more like I know myself like I change as a whole person but equally I'm like God, I really know myself more. So um, how can we navigate them? We've spoken about multiple awakenings, but how can we navigate these emotions more gracefully? 
if we come at it, like obviously a lot of the concepts I talk about are very, very um, highly spiritual, I guess, like very deeply spiritual. So some of the people might listening might not know exactly what ascension is and all of that stuff. But, you know, first and foremost, again, we're, we're emotional. So my first, um, my first piece of advice is always, always lean in to your emotions, yield to your emotions, get comfortable with your emotions. Don't see your emotions as the enemy. See them as an amazing tool to help you navigate this world. Listen, your body's always speaking to you. Um, you might have situations where you're, you're, you have to make a decision. And if you're up in your mind and you're trying to rationally make that decision, you probably will tie yourself up in knots and not know which way to go. And I always say go with what feels right. Now, that's often easier said than done because you can also... Um, feel that some that a way is right um depending on your your kind of trauma your inner trauma patterning as well so something might feel right but just trust what feels right because either you're going to get a lesson <laughs> or you're going to get the blessing and there is it does take courage it really takes courage to lean into your emotions but your emotions are a great gift you know the further and deeper i've gone into my my own emotions there's like this raw beauty that that comes up through you when you start to connect to it. it's like you start to connect in with your soul again and sometimes in in our deep pain there is a lot of beautiful um grace and and beauty you know like i started my, my i used to write poetry from the age of four and it all sort of shut down um when i moved to london when i was going through all that hard stuff and then it switched back on again in like 2015, like a tap because I was unafraid to look at my emotions. And now I write a lot of very raw, sometimes quite dark, but sometimes quite beautiful um, and light poetry. And I put all my poetry up on my Instagram and I've got two collections of poems out now, but they're my sort of my soul's journey. And it's about connecting with our rawness, our vulnerability, our truth, our inner truth, because you can't truly know and love yourself if you can't feel yourself, you know, if you can't go in and feel and honor and, you know, it's it sort of, it also makes you more courageous. It makes you more active in your process. You know, you don't feel like a helpless victim. You then become the alchemist where you go in and you go, right, I'm feeling a horrible emotion right now. I need to lean into this. And in the body, we hold this emotion in our cellular memory. It can get trapped. And that's where disease comes in. If we don't go and you know, I'm not saying everyone's going to get disease from not looking at their emotions, but if we don't lean into these emotions, they can turn into conditions. They become more physical. So when you feel an emotion, first of all, let yourself feel it. Take some quiet time connecting to it with love and see, like if you start to be more sensitive to, you'll then be able to hear the emotion. Like I do, do a lot of processes where I imagine the emotion is a certain color and I see where it's located in the body. And I, and I use my imagination. Our imagination is the other thing that is very key with this. And sometimes what I do with an emotion is I imagine I can push it out of my body and see it transform into its own character, its own personality, its own person. So it will become a little being or something standing in front of you. And then you can see it more clearly. You imagine what it looks like. Like, is it male or female? And who is it connected to? Did it come in? Is it my emotion? Which process in my life did this turn up in? And then you might get to see a little vision of like childhood or something. A memory might come up and you go, wow, that anger came in in childhood when I wasn't allowed to do X, Y, and Z. 
and then you might see, you know, you might be surprised. You might see an image of a past life turn up, you know, which aren't really in the past. They're just another aspect of us from a multidimensional perspective. But they're all, you know, even if you see that as a metaphor, as a tool to help you move through it, use all of your senses psychically as you would in the 3D physical world. Imagine what you might be seeing. Imagine what you might be feeling, what you might, what you might be touching and tasting. And then you can start to understand more why that emotion is there and retrieve the gift from it. So what is it teaching you? You can ask that emotion, what have you, what have you come to help me with? Because uh, trapped emotions are never there for no reason. And neither are trapped energies and neither is any experience in our life. We are always here to learn and to grow from our experience. However dark it gets and however tough it gets, there will always be a gift somewhere in there. And if you stay in trust, and you keep loving yourself, you will eventually find the gift. Now, I, I can tell you from my perspective, it hasn't got any easier, but it has been euphoric and amazing at the same time for me because I am opening to gifts I never thought possible. I've reawakened my telepathy. I've, I can speak to animals. I can, uh, I'm even having like an experience at the moment where I'm in a uh, present day, uh, current time telecommunication with an Australian Aboriginal elder and we're speaking regularly and that sounds absolutely nuts I never thought anything like that would be able to happen and I've had snippets of this through my awakening journey where I have actually seen CIA agents and people when I've been using the same uh, kind of um, meditation frequency I do a lot of work with sacred geometry in the Merkabah and I've seen them looking at me and I've gone, oh, is that spirits? Is, it, is there a spirit looking at me? And then I'm like, oh God, this is real time. I'm looking at these men and they're looking at me scratching their heads. And I'm like, oh God, I think I better just like close down and <laughs> not be, not be um, remote viewed. Thank you very much. But yeah, things like remote viewing. I also do um, an amazing uh, process through Precious Wisdom, which is my healing technique, which is basically just unconditional love energy and you hold the uh, the intention for the highest outcome to occur so it, it really is that surrender energy that you go through um, where you just you just give it over to your higher self and you say right I don't know the way through this I don't understand where I'm going so if you get to this point when you're working with your emotions and you can't find the answer um, and you're kind of tying yourself up in knots with worry and, and trying to get out of it just let it go. Just hand it over, release it to your higher self. Hold a space of unconditional love. This is love without judgment for yourself and the process and ask for the highest outcome. Now, the work that I do with Precious Wisdom is that we hold that, but it's amplified because I work with sacred geometry symbols, which again are the patterns of creation. It's our natural uh, building blocks that we're built according to. So we're mathematically divine and we can't be anything else. I mean, it's, it's all incredible. Um, you can Google sacred geometry and you can look at all this, this patterning online. If you want to delve deeper into it, I could be here for a month of Sundays talking about it. So I won't. Um, but the beauty of that is that when you hold that, that, uh, that intention as the highest and best outcome, you might not know what it is that's coming to you. So from our human 3d logical mind perspective we might think we know what we want or we might think we know what the best outcome is for us so we're trying to manifest something but it might not be working or we're trying to heal something but it might not be working but your higher self and your soul 
might actually have a better idea of where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm starting to see that in my own life now. You know, I, I can see as I look back over everything I've been through, and some of it has been downright traumatic and painful. You know, I, I spoke to your, your mate Hannah Wallace on her podcast, Finding Grace, about my experience of this really painful fertility journey that I've been on. And yet I still have this child appearing to me and telling me she's coming, you know, so it's about trusting. And I can now look back and see how this whole process has been positioning me as a soul exactly where I need to be. And now I'm, you know, now I'm at the point where I'm really stepping out with my work. I'm really, um, I'm getting published. Um, my books are starting to come out. I'm in talks with publishers. I've co-authored a beautiful book with Teresa Chung called 21 Rituals to Connect with Nature. Um, I've, I've finally going to get my uh, Archangel Oracle cards created by the looks of it. So things are starting to happen. And I know that now I'm prepared. If I'd been, if I'd stepped out earlier, I wouldn't have been prepared and I wouldn't have been able to hold um, the level of, I think, attention that, that my work is getting now because I'm not here to teach entry-level spirituality. I'm here to teach a deeper path for those who are already awakened and need support to take them to that next level. So I think it's getting comfortable. My guides are asking me to talk a little bit about being an undercover light worker and what that means as well. So I know that a lot of people listening and maybe even yourself, Emma, like I know that there are certain things that we are comfortable speaking about publicly. Um, and I've often kind of looked at my work and gone, Oh God, you know, should I change my language? Should I talk about it in a more mainstream sort of terminology? Should I make it sort of more bite-sized chunks for people to digest? And every time I've looked at sort of rebranding or trying to make it a little bit more kind of soft approach, I keep getting a very strong, no, no, do not change how you're speaking. Do not change your wording. Stay exactly where you are. And I think I've been a little bit uncomfortable in my own path. You know, it's almost self-sabotaging, like stopping myself from stepping out and being more, more, uh, more visible with my work because there was a lot of fear that people weren't going to get it. But I think it really is this time now that we're in where scientists are catching up. I know that all my work as a mystic is now being backed up by science. And that's where I'm taking my work next. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about to start working with some documentary filmmakers about my work. Um, and I'm looking at the, where the science is bridging the spirituality. And, I, and it's very much about that evidence and getting that evidential work. So working with Therese is amazing because she brought out an amazing book uh, called The Premonition Code with uh, Dr. Julia Mossbridge, who's one of the scientists at the Institute of Noetic Sciences in California. So we're talking about, you know, maybe doing some projects around that, which is really, really exciting because I think people do, they need the evidence, but what can happen when you're preparing to step into the light more? And even if you're just at the very beginning of your path and you're just starting to open up to meditation and spirituality, is that's when your body can start to bring up some of those deep fears. Now, some of those fears are your own and some of those feelings are your own and some of them are in our collective programming. And I know that Emma talking about you, spiritual queen, we're both on the divine feminine path here and the goddess path. It's, it's particularly prevalent in women because there was essentially a holocaust against women or several holocausts against women throughout our history. So all women carry in our patterning this deep fear of speaking our truth. 
But the more that we can, as individuals, be unafraid to step out and, and come out from being undercover, not be hidden, shine our light, be proud of who we are, you know, step up, show our anger, you know, use our anger as a creative vital force to put into our creative projects, lift each other, inspire each other. And also, I think there's a way that, um, you know, we can be unapologetic about doing our work now because women still, there's this little competition that comes up. And I noticed that the further I step into my light, there are people who I thought were friends trying to drag me back down. And it, it is vicious, you know, sometimes. And you kind of have to just stay in love, stay out of judgment, stay in trust, stay in your lane. It's like a horse race. My granddad was a jockey. He keeps showing me this horse race. And don't let anyone else veer into your lane. You just stay in your lane, focus on your end goal, do your work, follow your purpose. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Do not worry about the naysayers, the skeptics, the people that are going to try and drag you down. I know online we now have trolls. Don't worry about it. It's their stuff. Just keep following your heart and your purpose. And little by little, you'll feel so much more confident to come out from that undercover. This is one of the biggest things that I've had to face. I used to be terrified and I'm a channel. And, you know, I mean, I do all sorts of what people might look at as really bonkers stuff. I channel galactic beings. I channel light beings. I channel angels. And it's actually the most beautiful experience. And it's very deeply healing. Um, but it's very high vibrational. So a lot of people don't get it but I'm not here for the people that don't get it. I'm here for the people that do get it and the people like me who need it. I'm a way shower. So there are other way showers that I guess, like I needed teachers that were unafraid and unapologetic to step out. And if they hadn't, God bless them, I wouldn't be where I am today. So we're being called now to step up, to step into our power, to be unapologetic about who we are and what we're here to do and really take courage because there are whole new waves of children being born on this planet now that need to know that this is okay, that speaking your truth is okay. And then on the flip side, when we look at what's going on with Trump and this, this silly fear virus that's going around and, and all this panic buying and crazy stuff on the planet, we need to know that we have deeper and higher levels of love available to us and teachers and way showers. And that's why I believe this is why we have so many healers and prophets and yogis, um, you know, and, and, and psychics waking up and, and flooding our planet. It's like our planet's being flooded with light. And you might think the competition element might come in because someone might think, Oh, well, I can't do that now because that person's already doing it. Don't worry. You're needed. It's not about necessarily what you're teaching. It's about your essence, your soul essence, um, and you just being willing to do it, you're part of the whole global awakening and it's beautiful. So, um, you know, I think now we're, we're really being asked to step into our power and shine our light and be unafraid to do so. What I love about shows like yours, Emma, is that we can now create this network where we all interview each other. Cause I know I'm interviewing you next week as well, which is wonderful. And it's, it's lifting each other. It's helping each other position each other and 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 give a platform to shine our light it's like we're bypassing <laughs> we're bypassing tv and stuff and creating our own networks so i think that's beautiful but you know i think if someone does try to compete with you 
I don't think you necessarily have to turn around and, and have it out with them. I think you just very gently can move away from that energy and make sure that you're protecting yourself and honoring yourself and don't go into guilt. Like as long as you know you're in your integrity, then it doesn't matter who's judging you. Just keep following that, that feeling, that beautiful feeling inside, which is, you know, I have to say yes to me. I have to say yes to this because if I don't, then I'm not, I'm, I'm, it makes me feel unhappy. So, and it really is, you know, it might, it might lead you to the most bonkers experiences. It might lead you to the most bizarre awakenings that you could never imagine, but it, it, it will be the most fulfilling thing that you can imagine when you say yes to you. So I do speak very multidimensionally. I'm aware I, I do go off on these tangents, but <laughs> I do come back to the point at the end. I always do this. So I love it. Well, it's been really interesting to yeah listen to all of what you shared today. And I feel like you've given so much advice already, but my last question to you today is, is what is one piece of life advice that you would like to leave my listeners with? Love yourself, no matter what, no matter what, no matter where you've been, what you've done, love yourself be really honest with yourself, stay in your integrity, be willing to look within, you know, be really willing to look at yourself, to see the mirror in the outer world. And when you are given a lesson, be willing to own it. Don't avoid the lessons because they will lead you forward. So, but always love and forgive yourself first and always make sure that your needs are met because your needs need to be met first so that then you can be a help to others. It's not the other way around. Um, but yeah, self-love all the way. Self-love is the first, first key thing that we're here to achieve so that we can more easily inspire others to love themselves and say yes to them. Amen to that. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, it's been so lovely chatting to you today, Alexandra, and finding out all the amazing stuff you do and hearing about Dark Night of the Soul. I'm sure all of my listeners have taken so much goodness away from this podcast. So where can my lovely followers find you if they want to learn more about your work? Oh, thanks, honey. So it's alexandrawenman.com. And I also have a, a YouTube show called The Alexandra Wenman Show. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Alexandra C. Wenman. Uh, where I share on my poetry and quotes and, and different things. So they're the three main things anyway. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, lovely. It's been an absolute honor to be on your show. And um, I, I love, I love um, everything that you're doing too. So keep it up. Oh, I wanted to tell you, Emma, too, before I came on the show, for the last week, this is all about seeing signs in the, in the universe. For the last week, I've been seeing the word queen everywhere. <laughs> queen, 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 queen. And last night I sat down and did myself a tarot reading and I got three queens. I got the, three, the, the queen of pentacles, the queen of swords and the queen of wands in this amazing spread. So that was absolutely incredible. It was about a question about something else that I'm, I'm kind of working on at the moment, but there's no coincidence, right? Um, I must send you, I'll send you the spread because I have a sneaking suspicion that it's a message for you as well. So I'll send you the picture. Yeah, I love it. I love how the universe talks, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, honey.
So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my podcast episodes. I hope you have enjoyed Alexandra and I's conversation today. As always, you can find out more about Alexandra's work. I'll put the clickable link to her website down below. And of course you can find all the information about my coaching, my work, my videos and everything I do on emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much guys for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. So I hope you have a great week, whatever you're up to, and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots of love, guys. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.